We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Do you know how much you have to hate yourself to Captain Will Bruin? <laughs> like when you're starting J. Miley, Ladero, Valeri, Alessandrini, all these great options, and then you're like, I think I'll Captain yeah, Bruin. I think Will Bruin's the right call today. <laughs> wow. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from RotoWire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of rotowire.com, joined as always for Major League Soccer by J.D. Vazo and Skylar Redpath. Guys, we are coming off, uh, we're kind of in the middle of a, well, not kind of, we're in the middle of a double game week. We had six, uh, seven matches yesterday on Wednesday. We're taping this Thursday night. Uh, and we have a full weekend this weekend. JD, what was the most surprising thing that happened on Wednesday for you? Uh, the DC United got out to a 3-1 lead against Seattle. I think it was 3 nothing, wasn't it? 3 nothing. Okay, yeah, yeah that was... That was kind of a shocker, but then it was not a surprise that they blew that lead. Hmm. That was painful to watch if you were a DC United fan, I'm sure. Skyler, what about you? 
Yeah, I think just the rash of red cards and injuries. I mean, half of my fantasy MLS team is, you know, either out or questionable, extremely questionable heading into the weekend. So not good. Uh, Ladero's on a red card. Javinko's, you know, looking like he's more doubtful, but I guess he's kind of questionable. So I don't know, just a lot of crazy stuff happening last night. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, let's put that behind us. Let's jump into this weekend. It starts Friday night, which uh, for DraftKings is actually a this one this seven o'clock Orlando uh, Atlanta game, and then there's two Liga MX games. Liga MX is back this weekend, so you'll get these uh, Friday oh, yeah. interleague slates, which um, I'm sure Skyler will play and we'll try to keep up. But uh, for the those who are <laughs> listening, no, you're not gonna play. Man, I tried the uh, one of the first international. It's the International Champions Cup, I believe, is what it is, and I think you've got eleven. They're allowed eleven subs, so I, I mean, I actually min cashed the first slate, but it was kind of a lesson learned. Like when your goalie goes off at halftime, and it's just a mess. So <laughs> that's a uh, no. Uh, they, they've the, got two different. They've got an interleague slate and the International Champions Cup. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, well, be for, forewarned if you're playing the International Champions Cup. Eleven subs are possible, <laughs> so your your entire squad might get rotated at halftime. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know what I don't know what you do with those. I, I I get what they're doing, but it feels way too gimmicky to me. Not even gimmicky. It now feels like gambling. Yeah, well, I mean, it's you know that's it's got some of the big names on the slate, so kind of right. building up, I guess, to EPL right around the corner mm-hmm. trying to maybe pull in some of that crowd. So I can see what they're doing, but yeah, it's, it's a little rough when you've got guys subbing off in and out. Right. Like right. it's hockey or something. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the, it's the same concept as preseason NFL and they get a lot of people to play that. So yeah, that's a good it's point. True. Although, yeah, that's a good point. That's, a that's good NFL. Point. I mean, yeah, they're obviously going to get people to play no matter what, but um, yeah, I'll be interested to see how these go. Yeah. I don't know if I'll play or not. It's going to depend if I'm like sitting by a computer and have 15 minutes to kind of look into things. But it it's definitely a crapshoot. I mean, yeah. I I guess just the forwards are probably going to be subbed off. You're almost never going to play a forward for the whole game, and um, probably the same with the wingers in the midfield. So if you <laughs> maybe get a, a center midfielder, and uh, I don't I, what. A, fullback that you think of fullbacks probably don't play the whole time either so. yeah i was gonna say i think everybody yeah. is really a possibility yeah i think the your best bet is probably like the guy that wears the captain's band that's a center midfielder maybe stays in the whole time or <laughs> i don't know someone that's been around a while that's definitely gonna play a lot so he can get the uh the new guys acclimated to the distribution from the midfield i don't know it's it's weird um yeah, we've already talked more strategy for the International Champions Cup than I thought we would ever talk. So, but also then probably anybody else in the uh, the podcast game or even fantasy community is talking. That's right. Probably, probably. It is tempting when you see Juventus, Barcelona, PSG, and Tottenham, but um, you've been warned. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, back to MLS Friday night. Orlando hosting Atlanta. Uh, is there? Any situation that you guys see yourselves having Kaka on a fantasy team anytime in the near future? Yeah, if they play Minnesota. 
at home. But I don't know if that's on the schedule or not. If it, if this yeah, was it, though, maybe like... if he starts taking over set pieces, something like that. But yeah. I don't know. His price is actually you know pretty solid for a player like Kaká, but it's still kind of tough. He's less than Rivas, so Skyler is having a, a very tough internal monologue right now. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not uh, actually. I misunderstood Andrew's question earlier. I'm actually not going to be playing this slate because I am in a a uh, non DraftKings territory oh. probably until late late Friday evening after the slate starts. So mm. didn't get in before uh, you left, huh? No, unfortunately, it, it wasn't posted, or else I probably would have pumped a few entries in. But <laughs> uh, thankfully, I do not have to deal with this Rivas Kaká decision. Oof. Well, I'm glad we saved you. Um... How do you think this one plays out, JD? Uh, I, th- I mean, the result could go either way, but I think even though Atlanta's on the road, they're going to control a lot of the match. Um, they both are better in possession than Orlando, and they counter better than Orlando. So I don't really see where uh, where the Lions get a, a leg up here. Especially with Kyle Laren gone. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Giles Barnes, I guess, is going to need to step it up, right? And Rivas. <laughs> Always sure. Carlos Rivas, yep. Not Kaká? <laughs> maybe. I, I really don't know. I, Orlando is a team that I, I never really want to place my my bank account in. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's tended to not work out for me ever. So it's it's just not something I do too often. And I'm I'm pretty comfortable sticking with that. I would rather sit and research these uh, Liga MX games for an hour than rely on Orlando um, to win me any kind of money. But I, I'm pretty comfortable going with the Atlanta guys because on the road they've still been fine. They've uh, they still look like a, a dangerous competitive team on the road. So even though the result the results haven't quite been there for them, but I'm all right buying into pretty much any of their attackers. Is it safe to assume that if you had a utility spot open that you would consider Yosef Martinez, Vialba, Almiron, and Assad ahead of Kaká? Yeah. Just because of lineup construction, I probably wouldn't go with all four of them. I would try and take well, no, Kaká. Right. Um, but I'm saying also you have one for, spot. for salary purposes, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, yeah, just one spot. One of those five Yeah, guys. I might go... I might go Kaká over Vialba with Kaká being at home and being a little bit Ooh. cheaper, but I, I do like the other guys more in that spot. Okay. You like Assad more than Vialba? Um, it's a tough one for me. Vialba just scores. I mean, Assad can score too, but Vialba isn't afraid to put shots on net, which I like. Yeah, I mean, Assad's kind of that accumulator. Yeah, he is. Racking up the points. I mean, sure. It's been- been a little while since he's gotten on the score sheet but it still seems like he's hitting that close to that 10 point mark yeah he also he's going against scott sutter probably um which is a tougher matchup than if Vialba's on the other wing with donnie toya hmm. all right uh let's go to the saturday early slate with a two gamer two o'clock eastern new york city fc hosting the chicago fire and then four o'clock minnesota hosting the red bulls we saw Sasha Kledgeton explode finally uh, on Wednesday against San Jose. Is he, like dollar-wise, probably the best play on this slate? 
Mm, he's pretty pretty pricey for. I don't know. I mean, for a, a one kind of a one big game mm-hmm. type of play. I mean, we know that he's capable of doing it, but he's been playing a little bit more withdrawn um, in that lineup. And a guy that I've had my eye on, he was in and out of my uh, DraftKings bills last night. I didn't end up on him, ended up regretting it. But Felipe mm. mentioned him before. He's been kind of in the in the hole beneath BWP. Um, a, a lot more active in the attack than he's been. Um, and he's been putting up some some points on DraftKings too. So I, if I'm looking at that midfield, then you know Felipe for three thousand dollars more looks pretty attractive to me. What do you think, JD? Um, I see where Skyler's coming from. It's for me, Felipe's a tough guy to pay five thousand for. Um. I kind of liked him better when he was in the in the mid to low four thousands, but at the same time, question: I'm not ready to totally jump on the bandwagon after last night's performance and forgive him for the the rest of the season. I did play him last night in my one uh, small MLS contest I was able to enter a few minutes before lineups locked, but I I don't know. I'm leaning towards question. I do think he's probably one of the better values on the slate. Um, how do you like banking? Him? Go ahead. How do you like him next versus Maxi Morales? I think I like him more. Morales is just coming back from injury, and he played 85 minutes last night. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't even know if Morales starts, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, I think we got to like Red Bulls matchup a little bit more, too. I mean, Minnesota just looks bad. Yeah, they got a nil-nil clean sheet last night, but their past two games, they've just looked awful. Yeah, yeah, they they were turning a corner, but they've had some injuries, and their lineup is just uh, depleted. Right, injuries, Gold Cup. I mean, yeah, both of those things are really hurting them. Um, at the same time, Dax McCarty's not going to be there for Chicago either. Mm-hmm. That's true. And and on the Gold Cup note, we forgot to mention Brad Guzan is going to be available in That's fantasy right. um, in the Friday night slate for Atlanta. Forty seven hundred. He might be one of the cheaper starting keepers you can get. Um, we mentioned that we don't really love Kaka and Kyle Aaron's not there. So he's a guy I would definitely consider. Sorry to rewind there, but no, found it notable. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where do you fall on the, on David via it's really via BWP and Nikolic Nikolic, who looks amazingly cheap next to via at, um, what is that? 3,100 less. Well, I, I know BWP burned you last night, and you're really angry at him, but I would go back to the well with yeah. BWP. One shot. One. I, and actually only three shots in his last uh, three appearances. Yeah. So it's it hasn't been a good stretch, but before that I thought he's he looked really good. Um, they're fairly rested. He, they had two weeks off before last night's game. Uh, I guess there was U.S. Open Cup, so that's not in the draft log. But, yeah, I – I just see the Red Bulls turning it around a little bit slowly here. Um, not as drastically as they have the past couple of seasons, but uh, Minnesota is too good of a matchup. Uh, I, Chicago is a well-coached team, one of the better teams in the league this year. And then Nikolic and Akam, they're, they've been dynamic, but NYCFC also have a good defense. So all around, I think it's a, an interesting forward slate, but the the one guy that kind of pops out is BWP. Mm-hmm. And just given his inconsistency, it's hard to buy in. But giving the talent and the matchup, it's it's looking very attractive. 
Skyler, how do you feel about BWP versus Nikolic? Uh, kind of agree with JD almost 100% there. I actually feel like BWP might go a little overlooked because of his you know, dry spell, if you will. But like JD said, the matchup's way too good. I think New York's going to just continue to, to keep scoring goals. I mean, I think they are kind of turning the corner here, and, and you got to keep it rolling. It's a perfect opportunity to do that. So... Yeah, I mean BWP is going to come out hungry. He they scored five goals and he wasn't he didn't have one of those. So prime opportunity here. Um, New York City didn't look great last night. I mean they gave up two goals to a less than a hundred percent TFC attack. So mm-hmm. it's a tough call, but I, I do like BWP a little bit more than Nikolic. And it's also I think it's a prime slate to fade David Villa. It's a two-game slate. A ton of people are going to play him. They're going to look at the box score, and they're going to see a goal in each of the last three games. Um, especially last night, he also had an assist. But Chicago didn't play last night. They're better rested. Uh, as I said, they're a great defensive team. And David Villa does not often go back-to-back 90-minute matches uh, on a double game week with only a couple days rest. They have uh, some other good forward options, namely Sean Acoli. So it wouldn't even surprise me if he started, let alone uh, at least replace Via uh, 60 to 70 minutes in. Yeah, I'm with you. I think you can definitely pocket that three grand and, and roll out a BWP or Nicklich or even both of those guys. And I think both of those guys are fully capable of, of matching Via or even outscoring them. Sure, or even Akam or Christian Ramirez. I think Akam, maybe he feels a little bit slighted from the All-Star snub. He certainly deserves to be to be in the All-Star game. Uh, a lot of people do over Dom Dwyer, let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, notably, Romain Alessandrini. Mm. But Akam is only one game removed from a 51-point DraftKings outing, so... Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Akam has been really hard to stop um, in real soccer this year and often in fantasy soccer. So I, I actually don't think it's crazy that he has more uh, a higher price than Nikolic. And did you guys consider Molino or Ibsen at all? I mean, they're still still at home against a team that really hasn't been that great this year. Yeah, I still like Ibsen, uh, mainly just because of his set-piece duty, and his price is reasonable. It's not great, but, um, you know, uh, Minnesota just doesn't have much going for him other than those, than I guess, uh, Molino, Ramirez, and Ibsen. Um, They do have, let's see, uh, is it Justin Davis, 3,500. He's been on my radar, um, worked his way into my lineup last night. He had eight points, granted, you know, three of those were from a clean sheet, but for 3,500, he's had eight points and seven points, two games, last two games. So that's a defender, right? For, it's uh, a defender. Yeah, 3,500, maybe worth another look. Brandon Vincent is only 4,000. That is very attractive. Mm. Um, don't take Vadim Demidov because they have not uh, kept him on the roster. <laughs> I, Molino's interesting because he's been very dynamic for a, a large part of the season, and then I think he, he picked up a little bit of an injury, and since then he hasn't been quite as productive. Uh, the last three games, um, 
not been impressed. And I think even before that, we've been looking to him in fantasy MLS quite frequently, and he he hasn't really been meeting our expectations at all. So I don't, I don't know what to do with Molina right now. I'll probably watch him pretty closely um, Saturday if I, I have nothing to do. Um, pretty interested to see how he's he's looking in a full match because it just seems like he's he's kind of drifting in and out of it. He's a very important player to Minnesota, and uh, he needs to step back up if they have any chance at, at turning in a respectable end of the season. Yeah, he's not, not really living up to that billing that uh, his coach gave him at the beginning of the season as the best player in MLS. <laughs> no, but um, in in other news, Latin Ibrahimovic has friends in Minnesota and visits there sometimes, so he's probably going to sign with them. Oh, yeah, that's. I'm sure he I, wants to I, head to Minneapolis over L.A. or. I, I saw that on Twitter. I got a good chuckle out of it. Mm, nice. Uh, if you're thinking of fading David Villa, does that mean you're looking at Matt Lampson at 4,100? I forgot I even had to take a keeper on this slate. Jeez. <laughs> I think if you fade Via, you can have anyone else you want. You're, so you're probably right. I don't think you need to necessarily pay down for a keeper. I, I'd i probably look to the other game for a keeper, Minnesota or New York. Mm-hmm. Minnesota's yeah, bad. Yeah, that Minnesota's going to allow enough shots that Shuttleworth could get a, a nice number of saves. But on the other hand, Robles is going to have a, a solid shot at a clean sheet, too. But New York's not the greatest defense. They'll let I was up just shots about to say too. that, yeah. So Robles actually has been having a, a pretty good run in terms of fantasy points. Yeah, he has. Without many clean sheets, even. Right, exactly. So I, I kind of do like Robles. He's my starter in FMLS this week. So. Mm. Nice call. Only off to three points so far. Yeah, I was so, going to say mean, a late one yesterday. Don't give me too much credit. <laughs> All right, let's hit up the night slate. We've got a big six-gamer with uh, five of the lineups will be available to us before lock, which is nice. There's a nice 10 o'clock KC at RSL that will screw things up. Uh, but <clears throat> first up, at least on my list here, is Houston at D.C. Uh, D.C. obviously will be uh, flying back from Seattle uh, in a short rest after putting up three goals and just like you said, blowing a three-goal lead. Um, did you take anything from D.C. that makes you want a few of their guys on Saturday, J.D.? Well, first of all, let me just say D.C. looked unrecognizable for a, a good portion of that match. They were a team that was playing well. Um, I did, <laughs> That's I, great in itself. <laughs> I, I did catch a little bit of the game, and I said, wow, this team actually looks like functional, capable, someone that uh, the fans shouldn't be ashamed to, to root for and tune into. Um, and, yeah, they blew it, but they showed some promise, and I think they're going to – D.C. United is getting a new stadium soon. I think they're going to be picking up some players in this transfer window to kind of get ready for that. Uh, so I think the end of the season here, they might be a team on the rise. The two guys that I would look at right now are Patrick Niarco. If he starts again, he's literally been probably their best-looking attacker for the entire season. He doesn't quite get consistent uh, starts, but he's been playing a lot, and I think he's looked very good, especially last night. And then... The other guy I would consider is Deshaun Brown for 4,800. He um, he has a goal in both of his 
most recent appearances. He was very good when he was in the league before with Colorado. Um, even when Colorado was bad, I think he had double-digit goals in his last season. So um, now that he's fit and he's practicing with the team, I, I'm willing to throw him in there for sure, especially against Houston. Okay. Skyler, how about you? Yeah, I like both of those shouts. I really like Deshaun Brown and what he's brought to the D.C. attack. I mean, much better than, uh, you know, who's it been? Sebastian Latou and... <laughs> Uh, Jose Guillermo Ortiz. Right, Ortiz. They just haven't haven't been bringing or, it. Um, Ortiz is yeah. gone, by the way. Yeah, so Browns just brought a whole new dynamic. I mean, I really think that other than Nyarko, I definitely think that uh, Sam and Acosta can be considered too. Like all three of those guys have a really good price point. Acosta has been putting up double digits, you know, left and right. I, I looked at his game log. Uh, building lineups last night and he had just a string of you know 10 13 15 and he's only 6400 so you've got sam for 500 less at 5900 he's on set pieces he's had a goal last night so i mean all those guys are priced within reason to where you have to where you can consider them um and if it, if they fit just right in the lineup then yeah i feel i'd feel fine with jamming them in there um, and then as far as their defensive options, um, Kemp hasn't been bad. Um, 4,600 is a little bit up there for his production, but he's been, you know, seven, eight points. I think he's been on a few set pieces here and there. But uh, like Sean Franklin for 3,700 if he starts again. I had him in my lineup last night, had an assist, and he's been hitting around that seven or eight-point mark too. So um, I like both those guys, but I'd probably take Franklin for the savings there. Mm. And how are you guys feeling about uh, Houston? Obviously, Cubo is still gone, along with a few other guys, I believe. Elise and Kyoto are both yeah. still gone, right? Yep. Well, if Memo Rodriguez plays, I'll consider him at 4,400, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. He's yeah, had a solid play last night. He's had two great games in a row. I threw him in my lineup last night. Um, he's still priced pretty reasonably at 4,400, so... Definite upgrade on like an Andrew Wenger type that they would rather play on the wing um, some days. But yeah, I, I like Rodriguez a lot. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I think Wenger might. I mean, he was minimum no, price a couple stop, of ago. Stop, but stop, stop. If you're, <laughs> if you're needing a cheap forward in that in that price range, I mean, yeah, I'd probably uh, go to Sean Brown over him for 100 bucks more. But I don't know. I mean, we saw last night, like, Houston's or Seattle or DC is vulnerable at the back, so somebody's gonna get some opportunities. Wenger's still obviously with everybody out, then he's still gonna be in the attack. So I don't know. I probably won't play him, but <laughs> and let's uh, let's note that Houston just transferred in a, an Argentine number ten, um, Tomas Martinez. I don't know if he's gonna be ready this weekend or what. But he is only three thousand minimum price midfielder. When he plays, if he's still three thousand, he's probably automatically in my lineup. Makes sense. I mean, I don't even need to see how good he is. I know that they they think highly of him, and so do a lot of people. But um, I don't think he's coming in like a, a superstar or anything. But if you're going to be the playmaker for Houston, and you have uh, some talented attackers in front of you. Even if it's Cubo or Maro Minotis or whatever, um, yeah, that's too good of a value. 
for 3,000, he's going to be in my lineup. Yeah. And well, can... everyone knows Argentines dominate the MLS. <laughs> nice. Um, next up, Colorado at Toronto. Looks like Sebastian Javinko is going to be out, but he hasn't officially been ruled out yet. Let's say he's out. Uh, Michael Bradley's still away. Josie Altidore's still away. Justin Morrow's still away. Is this like a sneaky Rapids opportunity, or do you not believe in the Rapids on the road? Uh, <laughs> I I really don't like the Rapids. Even <laughs> it doesn't matter if. <laughs> It doesn't matter if the uh, Toronto attackers are out. That doesn't mean that the Rapids can uh, functionally pass the ball and score goals. Okay. Yeah, there's still maybe a couple plays that I would look at. Um, Dylan Cerna at 3,400 is worth a value shot. Um, I mean, I guess uh, Gashi's back, but at 7,100. Well, no, is Gashi back? Yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's well, back. he's... Sort of. He's back. He hasn't been, I right. guess, full full speed ahead, but still, I don't know if I'm playing him at that price point. So, I don't I, know. To I think we know you're question, not playing him at that price point. <laughs> right. Probably not going to be playing many Rapids players. Okay. Yeah, Toronto's, Toronto's still good defensively, so I'm not too concerned about that. Um, Marlon Hairston, I would consider. He's been playing pretty well. Uh, from the fullback spot, two games ago, he had two goals, 30 points as a defender. Uh, and then the next game, he had seven crosses and an assist. So that's true. Andy's playing more advanced. So uh, right. Definitely. I mean, it it even if he is a fullback, he's still going to be trying to get up the field. I know that's something that they've kind of stressed that they need to do more of, and it's uh, probably a large reason why they've been playing him there to begin with. So um, he's probably one of my top defender considerations for this slate. Yep, I like it. Hmm. All right. Uh, Victor Vasquez or any other Toronto attacker? Yeah, definitely with Jivinko out of the mix. I think Vasquez definitely picks He did it last night. He had that PK. Um, so he's going to have to pick up some, some of the slack. So I like the play. I think I'm mostly going to pass on Victor Vasquez. Okay. I think Jivinko being in only helps him. certainly gives him somebody else to set up yeah he's more of a a playmaker than a guy that's gonna go uh score himself the pk was nice but i i can't bank on that for a fantasy lineup so yeah i i see skyler's point for sure though yeah i mean i guess i'm kind of it it feels like with javinko out of the mix and with josie out and who, who do they have they've got ben spencer a couple of big big bodies yeah, maybe box. Jordan Hamilton will get in. I like Jordan Hamilton a lot. So Yeah, so, I mean, Vasquez may have to swing some balls in just to mix it up and, and try to get it into their yeah. big and see what happens. Maybe. <laughs> JD, what do you think about Zach McMath at 3,600? I actually like that, yeah. That's pretty low, 3,600. That's a great price for a keeper, and it's he's not tangibly worse than, like, any other keeper on the slate, really. Right. I mean, yep. or shorthanded TFC attack. Would you rather have Alex Bono for fifty eight hundred or Zach McMath for thirty six hundred? That's right. an easy answer for me. Yeah. 
even though I mean Bono has like a, what a fifty percent chance at a clean sheet at least. It's probably up there. Colorado is pretty bad, but yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, next game is Philly at Columbus. For some reason, I feel like this is going to be high scoring, mostly because I don't see either team playing good enough defense. Either of you agree with that? Yeah, I could I could get on board with that. I mean, Philly didn't look great last night. They let up some goals to Montreal, and now they're turning right around and playing against another attacking team. So, yeah, Philadelphia has been Philadelphia has been better defensively than you might think this year, though. It's true. Andre Blake's away though, and I mean, John McCarthy, I guess, is short. All right. But Philly's given up the the fifth least goals in the league. Yeah, I was gonna say the Jack Elliott Onyewu combination has been elite. Yeah, everyone doubted Gooch when he came back, right. but he's uh, he's been pretty good. Sure did. He even drew a fine uh, in a recent game. <laughs> uh, any game with Columbus makes you think Iguain or Justin Miram. JD, do you are you sticking with Miram? Or do you like Iguain for fourteen hundred more? Wow, is that how much it's up to? It is. Ah oh, man, killing it's me here. Highest price all season. Yep. Yeah. Miram's Miram hasn't been meeting expectations lately. Iguain has been very consistent, so uh, I'll swallow my pride and say that Iguain's the better play this week. Mm. Agree, I, I also think. Philly's going to be tired, and I think their central midfield can be a little bit undisciplined. And Pipa is the type of player that can totally expose a, a team that's tired and unorganized. So, yeah, I do agree. I think if you've got the the bankroll to fit Iguain in, um, you can do it. I will say though that I feel like we've got a Justin Miram ticked off match coming. I guess he's been pretty vocal about not making the All Star. Team, which a few I've seen a few MLS players come out, namely Ico Parra. Ico Parra. <laughs> um, but Justin Miram was one of them too. I think he came out and said, maybe if my name was Justinho at MLS or something like that. But, <laughs> I mean, why like he, this... had a, he had a great start to the season, but yeah, like JD said, he's kind of just fallen off the past several weeks and hasn't really done much to to warrant consideration. Certainly, fantasy wise, so. Um, but he's in a spot here where if he gets to start, um, you know, it's a game where I could see him kind of having a, a little bit of a uh, breakout, not revenge game, but ticked off game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has eight goals and, oh, he does have six assists. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Right, but how he's had nothing in the past, what? Five weeks he's had neither. Five. Yeah. He's also well four games. Sorry, and this last game he uh, he only played twenty eight minutes. But yeah, it's just a tough play. A lot of people are going to pass right over him if you glance at his his game log. So he could yeah. be a good little differential. I I don't love the matchup for Miram, so I'm I'm probably shying away. But he is on a team that's better rested than Philly, and they're a team that can score goals in bunches. So. I, I don't hate the Miram play by any means. If he was in the low 6,000s, he'd be locked into my lineup. Hmm. Just because of his potential. 
Right. There's a there's a ton of value plays on this slate though. I mean, we already mentioned Deshaun Brown, Memo Rodriguez, uh, Marlon Hairston. Toronto's going to have some attackers. Dylan Serna, um, and even in this game, if Alberg starts again, he was in the number ten spot last night for Philly. Fafa Pico is fifty two hundred. I think did he? Yeah, he scored last night. So, and I think we're probably going to get to more value plays later. So, um, this is one where you can easily spend up for Iguain or uh, some other guys we'll talk about soon. Is sixty one hundred too much for Medunyanin? No, that's a a pretty good price. I think because of the the fact that we're going to be able to pay up for some some high profile guys. And then we mentioned these kind of cheaper guys. That's the route I'm going to go. I don't think I need to take anyone in the the middle ground like that. Okay. And actually the same goes for like a Luciano Acosta. I can't see myself using him this week. Or a Lloyd Sam. And I would, uh, play, would you play Medunian over Acosta at that price point? No, I would play Acosta. Okay. What would you do? Yeah, absolutely, Acosta. I just I thought that that was where you were going with that. No, but... no, I, I'm just there in the range where I think that's a price range I'm not going to use this week because I'm gonna you. I'm gonna go with the elite midfielders at Jay Maile, um, Alessandrini may even be a good play if he plays on turf. Um, yeah, I mean Rusnak, Lee Wynn, they're all up there. Even Gio, Do, wow, Gio Dos Santos is cheap this week. Oh, he was so bad last he's night. So, he's I, been horrible. I, wanted, I tried to put him in thinking LA is going to have a bounce back game, and he got me like three points or something. <laughs> he's been so, he's bad. so bad. Yeah, but New England's so bad. Yeah, but it's like Gio cross Dos- country, thought... playing turf. Wow, know. that was a while ago Gio Dos Santos had his streak. Yes, a long time ago. I felt like that was just a couple weeks ago. Man, <laughs> he had five goals in four games. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, but yeah, my point is, my point stands. There's a lot of elite plays on this slate. I'm not going to waste my my roster spot on a a six thousand dollar midfielder. Makes sense. I got gotcha. you. Uh, let's go. Well, let's talk about L.A. at New England. You you mentioned Alessandrini. He's at eleven thousand one hundred. Most expensive player on the slate. Uh, I'm sorry, Javinko is, but he got snubbed from the All Star game. Uh, and that's did. actually cheap compared to what he has been. That's true. Yeah, he was twelve thousand one hundred last night. Um, he got sixteen points without a goal or an assist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you have no problem play, paying up for that with the trip to New England and playing on turf. No, if if he's in the starting lineup, that's great. Okay. There's um, there's a lot of like expensive midfielders on this slate, um, even with Piotti out. So we have, yeah, Alessandrini. Uh, we talked about Iguain. We have not talked about uh, Jamaili, but we'll get there as well. Um, Lee Wynn is actually a f- forward eligible. So... I was going to this game is really interesting to me because it's Lee Wynn and Alessandrini is an interesting choice to make to mm-hmm. me. You wouldn't play both of them? I would, but I think I'd prefer Lee Wynn. Whoa. It's be, yeah, it's going to be tough to squeeze them both in, but Wynn in that forward slot is, is almost too good to pass up. Yeah. Diego Fagundes is also forward eligible for $1,900 less, and uh, for what it's worth, I have never seen him play forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was an interesting one. 
for sure. But. I think I've seen him slotted in up there in a couple of lineups, meaning in the MLSsoccer.com lineups, which you can't really trust 100%. So take Well, that. yeah, those so. are a joke. Did Burnbox pay you to say you've seen Diego Fagundes in the forward spot? Pay <laughs> <laughs> up, Burnbox. Uh. <laughs> um, so we have Alessandrini from L.A., win from the Revs. Is anyone even really in the conversation after that? I guess Fugundes, you mentioned Fugundes, I just said yeah, Fagundes. Dos Santos is forward eligible, which is nice. I just I mean, don't know Dos how Santos you can, can is, confidently Dos, play him. Dos Santos is so talented. New England's defense is not good. It's a it's a very easy choice. Oh. Yeah, I'm not saying really... not saying he's a lock, but he is squarely in the the middle of my decision-making process that's for sure yeah i mean we talked about the you just kind of went ahead and dismissed the six thousand range midfielders but i'll throw kellen Rowe out there i mean he's he's been pretty consistent double wouldn't digit be, type of guy wouldn't it be great if he got moved to defender eligible ford ford eligible no kellen Rowe as yeah, playing defender. right or left back right? oh or, yeah, yeah 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 left back yeah, he has been playing some left back. Uh, that would be amazing, but he'd probably still be stuck at that six thousand, which almost. That's makes fine. Him I'd play him. He's at this point, he's a better defender for fantasy purposes than Chris Tierney is. Yeah, I won't argue that. I mean, Tierney's been pretty awful. He had ten crosses in his last game. Uh oh. He had back ten crosses the in the in the previous like five games combined. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um. Any defenders from these teams? Speaking of Chris Tierney, you're obviously not playing him, so I feel like the LA fullbacks don't ever really do anything. Yeah, it's not not terribly appealing. I mean, Ashley Cole, thirty three hundred is kind of a deal, but he just doesn't rack up fantasy points. Yeah, yeah. I guess you got to throw Bradley Diallo out there. Mm-hmm. He's been okay. I mean, for the price and yeah, he has been actually. I think he's actually a pretty good attacking fullback. Yeah. Once he grows into his role, um, he could be pretty fantasy uh, worthy for sure. Okay. All right. Yellow Van Dam, the uh, the constant aerial threat that almost never comes through. <laughs> he scored Steris a couple of goals back. lately, but I think they've all been open cup, like non fantasy. He like, has one. Uh, he had one against San Jose the other week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In in regular play. Right. And and open cup, I think, like the next week. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, he is um he's very aggressive and he is really good in the air. I mean, not quite Omar Gonzalez good in the air, but he's pretty good in the air. Mm-hmm. So what JD's saying is he may score a goal for you or he could go off with a red card after like 30 minutes. <laughs> That's uh pretty accurate. Yellow Van Dam has a lot of uh anger issues as well. Yeah, literally one of those players that has the center back with goal upside, but his floor is literally below zero. <laughs> Although I don't know if he's been like Hymas and Alave, except he's faster right. than Alave. Yeah, I see a minus one against the fire on May 6th. So there's Yellow Van Dam. Anyway, uh, final game in the slate. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Never mind. We have one more 730 Eastern. Montreal hosting Dallas. We talked about uh, Jamaili. He's coming in at 10,000. Dallas is rested, at least, um, unlike the impact. But 
I'm not sure that's enough for me to go totally what on. What a stupid name for a team. The Impact? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that suddenly bothered me, but... <laughs> Let us know how you really feel about yeah, the Impact. Yeah, totally. I have no uh, inside knowledge of why they came up with that name. I'm sure an easy Wikipedia search would help you, but anyway. Uh, J. Maile, 10,000. Who's the best option from Dallas? Is that a serious question? Is uh, it still a Rudy? Mauro Rudy, Diaz is back, but he hasn't really been playing that well. Yeah, Diaz hasn't been... He hasn't been Diaz. You know, electric, I guess. Yeah. Rudy's been, yeah. Look, I mean, look awesome. at his game log. 20 points in four straight. Obviously, he's not going to score a goal every single game, but like Montreal's back line is nothing to to really shy away from. So I'd say, yeah, I'd say Rudy's got to be the best uh, FC Dallas player to target in this one. Oh, I thought we were all going on the Roland Lamar bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I'm I'm going to go with Mario Diaz. Okay. Will you play him? Yeah, maybe. Kellen Acosta's not there. So Diaz is going to be on all the set pieces. Last time they were out, he played 79 minutes, which is uh, fantastic. That shows me he's kind of back into the the swing of things. And, um, yeah, he, he's looked really good, I thought, when he's on the field. Maybe he's not accumulating for pa- fantasy purposes. But, but I'm in. He has an assist in three straight games. Um, and if you give him a free kick anywhere inside about 30 yards – uh, I feel solid about his chances to bury one of those. I think the assists uh, almost accentuate how little he's done other than that, though. Like, to have assists in three straight and never score more than 12, 12, 9, and 9 points, like, that's not, he's not doing anything else. And they're probably all secondary assists. <laughs> like, that. I'm not sure the assists are really selling me yet. All right. No, that's a good yeah. point, but I mean, that's a fair point. His his price is, I mean, for a guy like Diaz, though, then his price is really is pretty good. Um, I mean, he he is going to start at some point picking up more of those accumulator stats, but yeah, I, yeah, I mean, a, he had he had one cross combined in the last two games and one shot in the last two games. That's not going to keep up given the type of player he is. Right. I do, think maybe, I do think maybe Lamaze kind of just outbursts has kind of uh, depressed some of Diaz's stats, I guess you could say. Like, they haven't had a player like that, I guess, maybe since Castillo, if you want to say that Castillo is a guy that could do that. but <laughs> Since uh, literally six months before Lamaze came to the team. <laughs> right. And he wasn't even, he wasn't even like, you know, I'd say Lamaze had almost as many or more big outbursts than Castillo ever did. Oh, already. no. Oh no! Are you really saying that? Yeah, I mean, Castillo was not like amazing as far as like monster fantasy performances. Lamaze had like Lamaze had like three games. Well, yeah, Lamaze's been straight garbage for almost every other game, both fantasy and real life. Right, but look at the the big numbers he's put up. Like, I yeah. I just don't know if I ever remember seeing Castillo having any like he thirty-eight did. point or twenty-nine or. He did, and he also did before fantasy was a thing on DraftKings. All right. All right. Are we just completely avoiding Lamar here? I mean, his price has jumped up to where I'm not really considering him. I guess at like 
sub 5,000 I was looking at them, but 5,600 seems too much to just chase goals, I guess. Based on what you said earlier, I assume you're more than happy to pay the $300 more for Lloyd Sam. Oh, man. Yeah. Ouch. Really? Yeah, Lloyd Sam so. or uh, Acosta, for sure. Lloyd Sam has been a joke this season. <laughs> Is that his first goal? Was yesterday his first goal? Uh, Might have been. Mm, let's see. If you scroll back in the game logs, the last 10 games he's played, yesterday was the first time he's had more than one shot on goal. So he's doing yeah, it. He's, he's the type of player that could have a Lamar type game, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying he's, he's going to, but he's kind of, I don't know, he's on set pieces. Lamar's not on set pieces. I mean, Is Lloyd few... Sam really on all the set pieces? Not all I, of them. I think I Acosta think, and yeah. Kemp probably take <laughs> Share right, so onset pieces comes with a giant asterisk. Right, I guess you could technically say that Lamar's taken some set pieces for FC Dallas. Yeah, a couple corners, sure. I, I, I just, Lloyd Sam is pretty much done in my book. He's looked done this year. He looked done at the end of last year. Um, I he's old. His legs. His I mean, his main game is speed, and he doesn't have that anymore. So, well, what about Lamar? Are you, I mean, are you? Consider well, Lamar, Lamar is just as old, I believe, but he still has some speed. I would consider Lamar before Lloyd Sam for sure. All right. Is he is he only five hundred bucks less than Medunyanin enough? Like I feel like I'd rather play Medunyanin at sixty one than. I don't yeah, know, I, Lamar. I, don't I know. agree with Medunyanin, but it also probably comes uh, to how you're constructing your lineup. As I say, Lamaze in that range that you said you're basically going to stay out of. Yeah, I mean Lamaze the guy you use if you need like some pop, like if you have some other safe plays. Madunyanin, um, if you have a lot of other firepower, he's a good accumulator. So, would you consider Lamaze a late game hammer if he was in the late game? I don't even believe in a late game hammer. It's <laughs> it's not it's not what? a thing. Yeah, so. it's absolutely a thing. <laughs> If you're, you know, if you're falling back in some GPPs and you need that hammer to come in and score you a couple of goals to pull you back up, I don't believe I don't believe in prioritizing a player uh, based solely on what time their game is because I think that they can do equally well if they're the first game of the slate or the last game of the slate. So unless it comes down to needing the flexibility with roster construction, a late game hammer is not real, unless you're going by superstition. No. I hate. To, I really hate to burst your bubble on this, but no. I mean, it's like if you're if you're going into a, a game and you're say you're in a GPP, you're fifth, and it pays like first through third, then you know everybody else might have like the safe pick of whoever say is like cash game kind of. Ah, uh, this is different. This is different because or you can get Will Bruin who might score two goals and nobody else has them. All right, so but now you're you're thinking like you're switching to somebody when you it gets to the last game, but right when we talk about late game hammer here, you're alluding to picking one ahead of time, like you're intentionally going to plan your lineup to make them the late game hammer. And so, for instance, if you think Yoramov Sissian is a late game hammer this week, then I would say he doesn't really have any better of a chance than playing somebody in the first game of the slate. Like, why does it matter if he's the 
the end of the night or the beginning. I think in that spot, it might be more like you've got a guy like uh, Plata or Rusnak that everybody else is going to have. So you're like, you need a late game hammer to come in and jump everybody. Then that might be where all of a sudden Mavsitian turns into the late game hammer. Yeah, that's also like a 99% chance that you're just going to get knocked out of your cash spot if you uh, right. put Muff Sissy and overplot us. But right. I, that was an extreme example. Uh, I just don't believe in the late game hammer in general. I think you underestimate Skylar's ability to contact players on Twitter and get them psyched up for their late game. <laughs> Coupled with his true. reverse jinx. This Twitter, is true. Skylar, Skylar, Snapchat. That's right. Yeah, Skylar pulls out all the research tools, all the voodoo tools. Um, I, he does things that I could never dream of accomplishing in terms of uh, the extra mile in fantasy. That's for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, you guys, you guys are there to to hear me vent through it all. So, <laughs> Skylar like sits. Fellas. Skylar sits all of his children in the living room in a kumbaya circle. They hold hands and they they channel all of their telepathic powers to uh to one Will Bruin signed jersey or something. <laughs> and they chant Gregorian chant. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, this is true. Yeah. Kind of. We're losing it here. It's not that far off the mark, though. Let's be honest. It's not too far off. I do, I do watch some MLS with my kids, and you know I get a little bit more get a little excited if if uh, one of my fantasy players scores. So okay. Uh, speaking of the late game, KC at RSL. If RSL is the new best team in the league, that's right. That's right. Um, Skyler, if you needed a late game hammer, who would you choose between Stop. Dom Dwyer or Jefferson Savarino? Mm, probably Saverino. I mean, he's been no, putting up no, numbers. No, no, His no. price is <laughs> really good. So, but by your by your theory, everyone's gonna have Saverino. Nobody's gonna have Dwyer, and then you switch to Dwyer because RSL still can't defend, and uh, Dwyer can get multiple goals very easily. There you go. There's there's JD coming around on the late game hammer there. Yeah. So. I made the caveat by your theory, but um, (laughs) yeah, I prefer Saverino if we're talking straight up fantasy, that's for sure. Um, But Plata is like the bread and butter in this game. Well, the one I was, he and Rusnok are both 8,700 and yeah, I don't know what makes you like Plata more than Rusnok just because he's been scoring lately. Yeah, I mean, Plata can, can absolutely torch the back line. Rusnak is going to accumulate a little bit more. But if you're looking for a a slate winner, the Plata jumps out as much as almost any player on the entire slate for me. Hmm. Skyler, what do you think? I like Rusnak a little bit more. Yeah, Plata's been hot. You can't really ignore him. But I think Rusnak is a little bit safer of a play, but... I mean, I love Plata in that forward slot. Like, he's a guy that that puts up points pretty much regardless if he's scoring or not. So it's hard to get from a lot of forwards. Um, but I think Rusnak just—he uh, seems like he's going to be—he's on more set pieces, I guess you could say, than than Plata. And Salt Lake's actually been putting in a lot of crosses, and he's been behind a lot of that. So I like him just a little bit more. 
Yeah, I, I like both of them a lot, though. And if this was not the, the very latest game with a little bit of rotation risk for RSL, there's a good chance that I would have both of them in some lineups. Wow. I highly yeah. doubt it's going to happen. I mean, it, just because Kansas City is a good team, they're better rested. Um, like I said, there's rotation risk, and this is the last game of the slate. So I'll probably pop one of the two in my utility spot and then make a decision at the last second. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. That's also that's also going to be when USA plays Costa Rica. So. Yep. Yep. Um, anyone looking at Fail Harbor? I am not. No. Probably okay. not the last game of the slate. He did have 14 crosses last game. Yeah. Still only ended up with 11 points. So. Uh, it's about and... the most crosses you can have with only getting 11 yeah. points. <laughs> <laughs> Also, for what it's worth, Kyle Beckerman got a red card last yep. night, and he will be out. Yes. Heck of a goal before that, though. Yeah, I don't understand why he got the red card. Maybe, uh... I think it was the elbow to the face that I'm not sure actually happened. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, Adi just... I don't know. seemed like Adi was in the wrong, and Beckerman... Maybe I, maybe I missed something, but... I, I saw... <laughs> I... It's pretty safe to say that Adi was in the wrong. <laughs> Since he, he basically channeled his inner Zinedine Zidane, but did not use his head. Right. Um, yeah. like however, is lucky to be alive. Beckerman has long been known as one of the, the least favorite players to play against in the league. He's always chirping uh, other players. He's always talking a lot of smack, getting, in your, uh, getting on your nerves. Um, I'm sure there was some he, taunting going on. He always, always goes in for the hardest possible challenge. He never holds back. Um, so while he's, on one hand, a very admirable defensive midfielder, he also deserves almost everything coming to him in terms of uh, when players kind of kind of come back at him. So I don't feel bad for Kyle Beckerman at all. That's the role he's played. It's it's made him a ton of money um, and a lot of league recognition and even some – national team appearances so uh that that fernando adi doesn't take any crap that's for sure okay um let's move to sunday which we have no prices for yet so we're gonna have Not to on wing yahoo it. either huh? right we're gonna have to wing it uh we've got vancouver home against portland and seattle home against san jose uh portland seems to have nobody left after last night's game, <laughs> I guess Valeri's still around and Blanco, but he better uh, be. I captained that fool. <laughs> Who's the fool? Um, Vancouver yeah. coming off a very impressive win against the Galaxy. I'm not sure. I'm still not sure whether it's because Vancouver's good or the Galaxy are not. I think it's the latter. But if you're looking at Vancouver, uh, Skylar, do you go to Bolaños or Takara first? You know, it's been Takara uh, recently, but I think Bolaños has been pretty, just from last night and the game before that, I think Bolaños is, is inching ahead of Takara for me. So yeah, uh, without seeing their prices, which I think they've been priced pretty closely recently, I may be leaning Bolaños here. Yeah, he had the assist off a free kick last night against the Galaxy. Yeah, I think he's starting to pick up some more of the set pieces, which in the past they've, kind of split the, the duties, but uh, 
you know, a couple of weeks ago, Takara had a monopoly on him, even with Bolaños in the mix. Mm-hmm. But now I think Bolaños is kind of getting getting some of those back. So uh, I like him a little bit more. And uh, JD, you mentioned Valeri. Uh, I I would consider him the best midfielder on the slate. Um, Bolaños and or Takara are next. Who do you think is the neck the fourth best midfielder? Oh man. Um, do you say Blanco? Cause he's in consideration. I did not say Blanco. Um, but and I would also, I would also consider Jameer Hika okay. against yep. Seattle. That's where I was. Looking. Seattle, Seattle's a little tough. Um, cause Ladero got a red card last night. Yep. But home to San Jose, I think there's still going to be some value in that midfield, whether it's, uh, relying on like a Christian Roldan to be a bigger playmaker, or if it's maybe somebody like Flaco Fernandez gets in there. Um, I wouldn't count Seattle midfielders out, that's for sure. Do we think Roldan takes set pieces? Uh, yeah. Or Jovan Jones might take some. Mm. I feel like Roldan, I guess, is... Uh, I could just split them, basically. Harry Ship? No. Maybe, yeah. I mean, no one's a great candidate for set pieces, right. but <laughs> Roldan is small, so on corners that's helpful. Mm-hmm. But Harry Ship also isn't a guy that's going to be banging bodies. Uh, <laughs> on... No, <laughs> on corners, um, he's not going to be fending off bites and uh, nipple twists like Josie Altador. <laughs> Certainly not. Um... JD, I really want to know your answer to this question, but I'm going to ask Skyler first. Do you prefer Will Bruin or Chris Wondolowski? <laughs> oh man, coming with the the tough ones mm-hmm. at the end of the podcast. Yeah, here. this is my own. This uh, is my late game hammer to you. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. probably Will Bruin here. I mean, we were talking talking a little bit about it before the podcast, and feels like I mean even even though he's a completely different player than like a Lodero and, and Dempsey, like those are two huge pieces of their attack. And what are they like, what kind of attack are they going to bring now with, with those guys out? Like they're going to have to swing balls in and try to find Bruin in the box. So uh, I feel like he's going to be the focal point. And yeah, I mean, of course, Wanda's Wanda's right there in the mix, but I think Bruin might have a, a few more opportunities. JD. Unfortunately, I agree. <laughs> San Jose just, I mean, they were in New York last night. Now they're traveling the whole way back across the country to Seattle. Meanwhile, Seattle gets to stay at home. They're coming off a big uh, comeback win against DC United. So I, I do think it's going to be a good game because San Jose is a team on the rise ever since they got rid of Dom Kinnear. They're playing an exciting brand of soccer. Um, their coach actually said last night when they were down 3-1, Maybe they could have kind of packed it in and, and stopped the bleeding, but he's like, why bother when we can can really push and open up the offense and try and get back into the game? That's not something I ever would have expected to hear from Dom Kinnear. So um, it, everything fantasy-wise is looking up for San Jose, I would say. I just like Will Bruin a little bit more than Wando. Hmm. I also am the only one out of us three that has Will Bruin on his fantasy team this week which is uh, extremely disappointing for the captain of the Will Bruin fan club over here. <laughs> I don't know if you... Hey, I was, I was tinkering. 
Yeah. You didn't play him, though. That's that's not really an excuse. He should have been the first option you picked. He was definitely in some builds, and then I think the DFS fantasy world took over in that last hour, and I, I kind of just yeah. threw Will Bruin on the, on the back burner. What's wrong with me? Sorry, Will. I don't know. Uh, we'll easily say Jovan Jones is the best defender on this slate. Is everybody else tied for second? Like, are they all the same at that point? <laughs> it's it's pretty tough to keep up with who's playing defender for Portland. Yeah. But I I don't hate their options, whoever it is. If it's Alvis Powell, if it's Vitas, if it's Zarek Valentin, um, their fullbacks tend to be tend to be solid. And then Nick Lima is another guy that um has been pretty good lately. But are you going to spend like fifty seven hundred on Nick Lima? It really depends who I play in attack because Valeri's the only guy I can think of that's going to cost a lot. Well, I assume you'd play pay up for Jones if you're going to pay up for Lima. Yeah, I mean, you feasibly could get both if you're playing right. a, a Harry Ship, a Flacco Fernandez. Um, I guess if you played Takara and Bolaños or Blanco, that might not work out. But or this Hita. is a cheap... Yeah, this is a cheap slate overall. I mean, Tommy Thompson's going to be another guy you'll be able to play. And uh, maybe San Jose's new acquisition, uh, Vaco, or Vaco, or however you want to say his, yeah. his Vaco. Um, he came on and scored last night yep. um, in his debut, 45 minutes. I don't think he'll get a start in Seattle again, but if he does, then he's a, another option. I bet he's minimum price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Valeri's Honestly, probably... Sorry, Even man. if he's a, he's probably going to be a sub no matter what. So he came on at halftime. Um, maybe he's even a a play if he doesn't start. Hmm. Probably not, but I wouldn't hate that gamble. Hmm. I mean, you have to figure Valeri is going to be around the 10,000 mark. And also around 100% owned. Right. Is Bolaños the next at like 7,800? No, I don't think so. You mean price-wise? Yeah, 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 price-wise. Uh, like there's really... Him or, him or Takara, yeah. Right, right, one of those two. And then um, I can't imagine... Joven, Joven Jones might be like the fourth or fifth highest price right. player on the slate. Yeah, I mean, he could theoretically be, you know, 6,100 or something like that, which isn't, for this slate, is not that crazy. Yeah, and he actually could be playing as a forward this game right so that's a good call too hmm. all right enough of the guessing the prices we just have to get Burnbach to come out a little faster this time or next time uh anything else you guys want to hit yeah i'm ready to see yordy reina start i don't oh. know if we'll see it this weekend but no, that's gonna be that's gonna that. be a dynamic uh midfield when he gets in the mix it's almost a waste to have him start this weekend for this slate because we don't need him. We don't need a cheap Yordi Reina on this slate. Right. That's true. Yeah. I would like to have him on another one. Um, I guess one thing I'll say is I had Danny uh, Hosen ahead of Wondolowski in my weekly rankings. Oh. So when, when you're bringing up Wando, I'm also thinking uh, Hosen. Okay. Nice. Works for me. All right, guys, that's uh, 
clearly all we got. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you're a fan of the podcast and are actually still listening now that we're an hour and change in, uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a few moments to just rate and review us on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. Skylar, JD, thanks for everything. Good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. Good luck. And uh, don't ignore Yahoo. I know DraftKings is out there as a, a choice, but Yahoo's got some, some solid value and overlay usually. Yep. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.